0: I need to just constantly move myself out of the way of what we're trying to do. I think that's the hardest thing, just being conscious enough to go, actually, this is not a problem, you are the problem. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. I'm going to print that one on a T-shirt for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the problem, I am the problem. Hi, my name is Emily Chadbourne and welcome to Behind the Change, a podcast to inspire hope. Because let's be honest, sometimes it feels like the whole world has gone to shit. But here at Behind the Change, we speak to amazing humans who are doing really great things to make this world a better place. We find out what drives their leadership, what beliefs hold them firm in turbulent times and what it really takes to grow their businesses and organisations to create even more impact. If you'd like to support our guests and little old me, then please share the episodes that you love rate and review because it really does help more people find us and you can head to the show notes to join behind the scenes a membership where you get bonus podcast episodes from me exclusive access to a mini cast from every single guest and heaps of other bonus content too it's only seven dollars a month and it goes a really long way to supporting this podcast and the guests that we are honored enough to speak to thanks for listening Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Change and today I speak to the amazing Holly Bailey. Now I went round to Holly's house earlier today and we had the nicest time, we had a cup of coffee, we had such a great chat and I managed to record most of it for you. Holly Bailey is a wellness champion. She is a former VFLW player, a Harvard graduate and the founder of a groundbreaking Australian business, Play Like a Girl Australia. Holly is a passionate advocate for the advancement of girls in sport and leadership. And in 2016, she channeled her passion into a movement she founded called Play Like a Girl. It's an initiative dedicated to the empowerment of girls and women through the power of sport, inspiring a new generation of confident, healthy, and successful leaders. Now, Holly and I spoke about a whole range of things. Number one, about the origins of Play Like a Girl, but also what it really takes to push your business forward how we need to dance between the masculine and the feminine what it means to go all in and how to get out of your own way enjoy the episode so holly thank you for joining me today thank you for inviting me around to your house actually how lovely is this we're sat here with coffee there's sunflowers on the table it's excellent
0: Oh, my pleasure. It's nice to be here and I like the relaxed setting. It's really nice to have you here.
1: Yeah, it's nice to do it in real life, yeah, isn't it? It oh, is not it Oh God, I'm still in that sort of post-COVID haze, if I'm going to be honest. I'm like, if I can be in a physical room with someone, I'm going to do it.
0: Same. I've even yeah. started, it. even if it's an interstate meeting, it's one that I would really want to meet them. I'm just
1: like, I'll just come there and meet you because it's just so much better. Yeah. I can get on a plane now. Yeah. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Tell me a little mm. bit about Play Like a Girl, how it came about like how you ended up running this business. For sure. So Play Like a Girl was
0: just a little idea, a little seed many years ago now, I guess, back in 2016, was I think along like as I reflect along the way, there were lots of little things that began to unravel within me that have now eventuated to what play like a girl is. But when I first started it, it was I really wanted to be able to give as many offers of support and resources and tools for girls in sport because there was so much stuff that I'd learned along the way that I'd never known about in the beginning or that I'd never had a conversation about. And there was so much to learn. And I thought, gosh, why aren't we having these conversations with girls in sport? So it might be things around just the stories that we tell ourselves and the things the past you know memories and things that have happened that we bring into new teams or new situations and the way that we feel about ourselves and we're going specifically in competition you know going for a contest or outside of that and how we approach the game and how we can set ourselves up really well i'd never had any i'd never put really any thought to what the off field component could do for my performance it was always about working harder doing more physically exerting harder and i grew up in a family where of boys so i grew up with my dad and my brother predominantly so that was our world we were tough little athletes and that's what we we took real pride in that there was no it was a bit of a no pain no gain kind of a situation in our family dad's pretty tough aussie bloke and taught my myself and my brother to to be like that and to play like that and That was good to a degree, like I would definitely have a work ethic and could definitely, there's a strength there that I've learned from my family, however it was probably mid-twenties I would say, so I've been playing sport for for quite a while by this point where I started to realise actually I think that there needs to be an upgrade here for me somewhere because great I can work really hard and I can get out there and perform, but I'm finding it harder to get more out of my teammates and the people that I'm leading or to get more out of myself and I didn't know what that was and then I had a moment which was I think really the catalyst for play like a girl starting was where I'd been netball was the sport that I fell in love with first so I'd played heaps of sports when I was young but netball was the one that I just absolutely fell in love with so I would be trying to play every night of the week and a couple of times on the weekend and fortunately dad was all in and would drive me around the countryside Uh, so played competitively for a long time and because I had a good work ethic I would get selected However, when I started to get selected to play in higher grades for the first time, I'd start to get knockbacks, and, which is inevitable. But I didn't really have any kind of emotional capacity to deal with that. And We didn't talk about stuff in our family at all. So I'd just be like, got to work harder, got to do more. I'm not doing enough. And then so that was kind of the attitude that I always took. And then when I'd been playing competitive netball for a, for a long time and sort of stopped trying to get into higher grades because I thought I've probably got as far as I can. I'll be a good player where I am now. And then I had an opportunity to go and play at a higher grade than I'd been used to playing and went and had a really good game. And the coach said, oh, wh- what are you doing? Why are you not playing with us at this level? Or what are you doing with your netball? And I just said, oh, well, you know, I'm a fair bit shorter than everyone else. And so I don't know that I can really hold my <laughs> own. Resonate, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, short girl <laughs> problems is a really common story that I've learned. There's tall girl problems, short girl problems. Like everyone's got their story, which is, which is why we talk about that in the program, but... That was one of the ones that really, really limited what I thought I could do, which was never true because that coach said to me, well, I just put a girl in the level above this one who's your height. Mm.
1: So that isn't true. And so this whole time you'd just been letting yourself assume that your height meant that you couldn't progress further and so that then becomes what you manifest, right? Because we will always manifest what we believe. Completely. Yeah.
0: Completely. And it was really heartbreaking because I w- it wasn't early on, it was mid-20s and I'd held on to that for such a long time and not consciously, I didn't... Never really said it and I never felt small, I guess. Like I'd still go, I had the right, I had the attitude of hard work. and grit. yeah. yeah, like I'll get out there and I will give it absolutely everything. And, you know, in the photos with with our netball team I'd be like the little, I'd be the captain, I'd be the little one in the middle with girls (laughs) that are six foot either side of me. It is hilarious. So there is a reality to the height thing. However, girls like Tyler Hanks who comes along in the AFLW, shorter than me, one of the best players I've seen. And then Michelle Timms was playing in the WNBA you know back then and I had no idea about women or girls like that mm. at all and and I had no capacity to kind of ask or share or, or know that these things aren't really the truth so th- that happening for me was just a, oh my gosh if this isn't true what else is not true and I started to ask way different questions and start to really investigate what else do I believe that isn't true am I
1: being my dad <laughs> or like what's the go here so it's am I being my dad oh my god there's a question that we should all ask ourselves brace <laughs> yourselves for the answers well, that, and now I've
0: just been like it's cool that I grew up in a boy's world and I absolutely love that side of myself but I don't have to be the boys to get by in life I can take what they've given me absolutely it's a strength mm. and the real lessons have been being able to embrace more of those feminine traits that i had unconsciously probably suppressed having been in a boys
1: world all the time so we've well, just not had them demonstrated to you right no. so no. you know we can only learn what we see so yeah that's really interesting this idea that actually cuz obviously there's masculine and feminine in everybody this idea that you know you were given the masculine in bucket loads and the missing component was actually that more feminine piece, that softer piece, that inclusive piece, that teamwork piece. And the self reflective piece of just like, well actually how am I to use a masculine term, cock blocking myself (laughs) here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that that's so true. And there The the softer skills are the harder ones now, which I just think is so funny, and they've become the real life lessons. I don't have a problem getting out there and working hard, you know, and it works well in a business sense, but also there has to be the other side to even that out, otherwise it's just not sustainable and I won't enjoy it. Yeah. And then having those conversations around mes- masculine and feminine and whether I use that language or different language in a sports context is so relevant because it's it mas- tends to be a masculine environment where there's girls, so there has to find a way for girls to be girls in a boys' world, which is, you know, a really common story in a corporate sense too. So we, we're getting a whole lot of opportunities to have the conversation and we're telling stories often through sports, so it's engaging and interesting and it's not, you know, telling men that they're doing things wrong or saying that we need to be know, like them or not like them or it's not about being against each other. It's about bringing together what we both have and the, the alignment or the marrying, I guess, of masculine and feminine is
1: where the real strength is. Yeah, that's the whole right? Yeah. So you sort of had this revelation in your mid-20s and then what happened?
0: Well, I didn't know what to do with it, Em. Mm. I,
1: it was like, okay,
0: well, I don't see – maybe I don't see the world the way that I thought it is and maybe that's not true. So I'm kind of in this random place now because I know that what I have been doing isn't working and I don't want to do that. But I don't know how to be in the new world. I don't even know what new world looks like yet. So the thing that I think of firstly is in a work context. So I'd always, again, worked in sort of male-dominated industries and would often come to work and kind of leave my personality at the door because I was just there to work I was just there to work hard and so I didn't know how to be myself and be you know outside of work I'd be very social and you know love having a good time and have lots of friends and I like get a lot of energy from people but at work I wouldn't bring that side of me I didn't know how to bring that I didn't know how to be that in those environments I guess and uh, one of my first bosses suggested I start networking and I think I might have been 19 or 20 so at this point I'm trying to keep my cards very close to my chest that's how I've been brought up and then he's like why don't you go to these networking events with all of these people that you don't know and talk to them about (laughs) things that you don't know what you're gonna say and so it just was a mortifying thought but because I'm like insanely competitive I thought absolutely like if this is is what I need to do (laughs) if I if this is what I need to do to be good then I'm in so uh, I remember going to this first networking event and I walked you know I went by myself and there would have been a room of 50 or 60 women and I just I remember the bead of sweat like dripping down my back just going what are you doing and I probably walked to one end of the room and back to the other and I didn't really talk to anyone and I kind of came home just thinking that like I was so embarrassed and I felt ashamed and I felt awkward and I didn't want to go to work and tell my boss that I sucked at this networking thing. I didn't know that not everyone loves it and it's not easy for everyone. I had no idea. But, again, competitive, so I stuck with it <laughs> and uh, stayed. And then I had an opportunity to go to a smaller event where there was a group of women, maybe about 15 or 20 uh, women, who were talking about things that they – just challenges that they experience in their roles and – They were talking about things that I had been feeling too and it was the first time I thought, oh my goodness, all of these people who I really, really admired and and saw them as really successful were struggling with things that I was struggling with, like being able to bring themselves to work and represent themselves the way that they really wanted to and to be able to, you know, speak up in meetings and have tough conversations. I was sitting there, I didn't say anything, (laughs) but I was sitting there looking around going, oh my goodness, where it's the challenges that talking about them is actually what's uniting everybody here mm-hmm. it's the ability to be able to talk about it and share it is what is bringing everyone together
1: in this moment I just thought I'm not the only one and it was just such a huge relief yeah isn't it Do you know I have coached women from all walks of life in all sort with of, all sorts of incomes positions in different companies CFOs CEOs and everybody's fear is the same. Like, there is no, it's the same. The context can be different, absolutely, but the fundamental fear that we have, that imposter syndrome, not quite knowing how to communicate ourselves, wondering why we're not taking the action we really know we need to take, leaning into those really difficult conversations, that balance, again, between masculine and femininity of, of just, like, how far do I push, how far do I lean back, that is the same across the board, whether you are waiting a table or whether you are the CEO of McDonald's. The, the human quality is the same, but we don't think that. We think, no. well, if you're earning more money than me, or if you're higher up in the company than me, or if you're playing at an elite level, you must have all your shit together. And it's so refreshing to know that no one has. <laughs> no it's so refreshing. No one's got their shit together. It
0: is. And just go, Wow the problem here is that I thought that I was the only one that is experiencing it. Not that it's happening. That's not the problem. The problem is that, yeah, that I thought I was alone and most of the people thought that I shouldn't be having it. Yeah, Yeah. I thought that it was wrong to feel like that. And it was like, oh, this is a normal experience. So that was another little knot that unraveled going, wow, maybe there's something in being able to open up a little bit more and express and talk about how I was feeling, which was something that I'd never, ever really done before. So – that was a really eye, another eye-opening, significant moment, I guess, in wanting to do what I'm doing now, mm. and that I don't have to do it all by myself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a lifelong lesson for me. <laughs> me
0: too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel like through this program and through all of the work we do, I'm constantly reminded and slapped in the face with my own lessons and the things that I'm talking about so I, I'm constantly reminded make sure you're living this if this is something that you're, you're you're demonstrating or that you're talking about with other people or at least share your experience
1: yeah sometimes I get off a coaching call with a client I'm like I feel like I should pay my client I <laughs> so the other way around because whatever was unraveled in that coaching session for the client was exactly what I needed to hear as well because ultimately we're all the same the Absolutely. code of human, but the context can be completely different. But the code of human behavior is always the same. Absolutely, and we see that with the girls. So
0: we've got girls that are coming from all over the country, every sport you can imagine. So on the, at the surface level, it looks like they're just from entirely different worlds, and it's just going to be a bizarre kind of conversation. But you come together, and the challenges are very, very similar, if not the same. It's just the lens that they look through, or the world that they've come from. It looks different on the surface, but it really isn't, which is why the diversity of sports and ha- sharing the challenges is actually a really beautiful thing. Mm. And I think that that sense of relief or validation that, oh, we all experience it, it is such a beautiful thing. We had a lady um, in the last program. She'd been sailing for a really long time. And there was a also a young girl who was a BMX rider who is really new to sport. And they were share- having the conversation in front of the group about – imposter syndrome and we, we do a lesson on that so they were just sharing their experiences but to pe- people that were would appear to be so so different having the same experience and sharing that together was such a moment mm. i thought wow for both <laughs> both of those people to realize that this is an experience that most of us have was an incredible thing to observe
1: mm. really powerful stuff isn't it, to unite in that way absolutely yeah because you immediately then realize that it's not wrong that it's not something you shouldn't be feeling, it's just part of your makeup as a human being living in this slightly strange world that we've created for ourselves. <laughs> and, and that if it's okay to feel it, the, while it doesn't change the feeling necessarily, I guess the dominance of the feeling changes a little bit, which opens up space for you to start thinking about a different way that it could be. Completely. I like the idea of bringing a bit of light to it mm. to say, okay
0: that's going to happen, you know, the more successful I am or, or the, the more I put myself out there or, you know, life is gen- like it's going to hand me things that are difficult, that's going to happen. How do I bring a bit of light to it and focus on something else? And that's something that I've found personally really helpful to mm. identify and then go, okay, well, where do I choose to my f- lay my focus now? Yeah.
1: That was one of the most powerful personal development things, I think, that I learned really early on especially in business, because I think I looked at people who were further ahead in business than me and I really coveted what they had, because in my head I thought, well, once I get there, then I won't have this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. And then I realised that that's utter bullshit. You are always going to have a problem. It's impossible to live a world or run a business or have a life without problem. And it's not about not having the problem, it's about how you choose to respond to the problem. And the people who were further ahead in business than me had just chosen to respond to their problems in a different way to the way that I was responding to my problems, and that's where my control lay. So my control didn't lie in the problem, but how I chose to react to it, what I did with it, how I related to it, that was all within my control. And once I learned that, it's like the kind of pathway cleared a little bit, and I found myself moving forward at a much quicker rate because all of a sudden I, I, I knew where my control lay, and I stopped trying to control the shit that was just beyond anything that I could ever manage.
0: That's so powerful. Yeah. It
1: almost – it's not that w- – it, it makes me imagine that you're
0: kind of moving the problem away from it being about you and putting it over here and going, okay, well, what can I do with this problem? I'm, mm. If I look at it as an individual entity, yes. what does it need? What do I need? How do I want to approach it? I like thinking about it like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when it's you, it's – was oh, too much. <laughs> That's hard. That's heavy yeah, 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 lifting. It's yeah, yeah. real heavy shit. <laughs> so, Play Like a Girl. This started, because you've come back to it a couple of times, haven't you? So it's obviously been germinating as a seed for a really long time. It has. How did it actually eventually come to fruition?
0: Yeah, so... Uh Early on when I'd first started, I was fortunate enough to have a good network in the sports space. So I would have the opportunity to run some workshops and teach some things that I'd been learning. Everything that I'd started to want to learn about personal development and about myself, I thought, how can I put a sports lens on this and share it with the girls and see if it lands and let's test some stuff. And so I had some opportunity to do that, which was awesome. I really loved that. And I left my full-time job with all the enthusiasm and excitement in the world because I had found it and I knew what I wanted to do and I had a lot of energy for it and then realised, oh my gosh, I know nothing about running a business. I've never (laughs) sold a thing. I don't know what marketing means. I have no... Uh, idea how to manage financial instability or be, you know be okay that it's going to be up and down I didn't know any of those things and uh, that was pretty scary for a little while but the only thing I did know how to do was network so I just networked all the time so opportunities would open up uh, but I did feel like I had a lot to learn mm. and at that time I got I started playing VFLW myself so that took up a little bit more time than I had to give, I guess. So I went back and worked in a small business for a couple of years, or for about two years. But it was important that I made sure I was in the right place to learn what I wanted to learn. So mm. I went and worked at a law firm, uh, and they were a small boutique law firm, small business. And the principal he sat on the board of a sporting organization, so it was kind of a nice fit. We could work remotely from anywhere. Uh, so I had flexibility in that I could drive down to tra- footy training and get there by five and work in a cafe for a couple of hours before so I'd miss the traffic and it was just kind of ideal took on a couple of short-term coaching roles through that period and then it was probably about a year or maybe about six months before COVID where one of the clubs who I'd done a little bit of work for who I played for in one of my first years wanted to develop a program a leadership through sports program and they said would you would you like to design it for us we'd love to have you do it and I said absolutely I would love to do that but sorry something that I feel is important to mention I absolutely thought that I had missed the boat on play like a girl have you read big magic yes I thought the idea had been given to me and I didn't I didn't take it and I thought it had gone yeah because somebody else is doing it. someone else is doing it yeah
1: I missed the boat yeah Yeah.
0: and I had that sense it it was still there but I just thought I've missed it Mm. I didn't have what it took at the time to be able to do it. yeah, And so that's kind of always been there but it never really left me but I thought I've missed it. There's a lot of other initiatives out there, you know, empowering girls and women through sport and I just thought that, yeah, I'd, I'd miss that. So mm. this opportunity came up with uh, to design a program so I thought jumped at it absolutely. I've, I've done enough to be able to pull something together. So started to design that and then COVID happened so we didn't get to roll it out. But it was the first time that i started to pull things together and thought, huh, this is, I I I've really, I, I like this. I like what we're going to be able to deliver. And just at that time, I had a, I went to a, a networking event and there was a coach who was a leadership coach. He was speaking. I'd sp- I've pretty much followed him around Melbourne. Everything that he speaks at or any courses he runs, I'm in. Mm. I, I just really resonate with the way he, he teaches and he speaks and when he spoke that day I went uh, I'd gone to an event and he, it was like he was talking direct to my heart. Have you ever had that experience yeah. when someone's on stage and I thought, He's talking to me, yeah, how I'm the does only he person know? In the room. <laughs> yeah. And so that happened, but it was all play like a girl, and I was still. I, I, I do a know where I was working I this point, but it was still it was play a like a girl when he a talking about what. a leadership like what that would really look like for you and what that means it was it was so there and I went and spoke to him afterwards and just said thank you so much like how did you know you know one of these classic hilarious audience people anyway um, (laughs) and so fangirl and I always make sure I go and talk to them because I always end up the people that I meet I hang on to for a long time yeah I'm
1: very loyal (laughs) to the people I love yeah Yeah, absolutely.
0: and then through COVID he had designed this mastermind program where you'd spend six months working on something that you wanted to bring to the world and the outcome would be a product or a program that you can grow and scale and it's based off the things that you feel like you've got something to talk about or teach so I thought oh my gosh this is play like a girl Mm. this is it this I can take what I've started and then make sure that it's authentic and spoken from I can share stories and it was all about storytelling not just mine but other girls too so I thought, yeah, this is this is the thing. So I, I jumped into that and just went absolutely all in on that program and gave it everything that I had. And by the six months, I think we would fil- – got everything filmed and written it all and designed the program that we'd roll it out in January uh, of that following year. And so that was the start of what is an online program that we'd never really had before, had done stuff over the years you know face to face popped up here and there but we had a structured online 5 week journey that we take the girls on based on some of the stuff that I felt was really important so particularly uh, some of the stuff I've shared with you today so around the mindset what are the stories that we tell what are the what's going on like mm-hmm. what's happening for our is our thinking supporting what we want to do and it's all through the lens of sport and sharing stories and then we go into uh well, what does it look like? What do we actually want it to be? Some of that stuff maybe isn't true. What do we want to create? How do we want to be in the world? And then we start going, well, how do we ask for help and how do we connect with people and how do we integrate ourselves in a team environment and ask for help and know that it's not just our own journey and, you know, that we've got support. And then we go into, well, what does leadership look like after that? What? How do we actually be part of a team but step out and lead in our own authentic way and then how do we go, Module 5 about how do we go out and play like a girl and really embrace what that means. Mm-hmm. So that's the journey that I want to take girls on and that's what Play Like a Girl is now. So we've got a five-week structure program that we, it's a hero's journey of their own so they come out of it just really... Certain in themselves, mm. mostly that's the thing that I see. We we really definitely want to make a shift for them in their self esteem and confidence and emotional and mental resilience. We want to give them as much as we can, and if it helps them in life, which it absolutely will, then great. <laughs> uh, we just start with it in sport because we get a really live experience of what it's like to try that
1: out. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of things that I just want to pick out of that amazing rant that you just—it oh, was awesome the first one is the missing the boat thing and I think this is relevant to so many people in business and for those of you who haven't read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert go ahead and do so it's a brilliant book and it's about how ideas come and what we do with ideas and how we relate to our creativity and in it she tells this story about when she was a book signing for Eat Pray Love and a woman came up to her and was like you stole my idea you stole my idea that was my idea and I think about that quite often because really all Eat, Pray, Love is, is a memoir. That's it. And hundreds and thousands of people write memoirs every single day. And I think we can be really dismissive of this idea of like what we need to do in business has to be completely and totally and utterly unique and nobody else can do anything like it. And it's such a wonderful way for fear to stop us in our tracks. It's just another minion of fear. It's an excuse, isn't it? And, you know, if we really buy into that story that unless nobody else in the world is doing, probably if nobody else in the world is doing what we're doing, then it's not a viable (laughs) business option, if we're (laughs) going to be really honest. So it's about understanding that if you have this passion, if you have this drive, if you have this idea that keeps coming back to you, even if somebody else is doing something, you know, this is not the only podcast in the world where the host interviews women or people in business who are doing good things for the world, like, you know, but I'm so passionate about it, and it wouldn't leave me alone. I kept thinking about it, and I felt really aligned with it, and so I just executed it. Of course somebody else is doing something like this, but if you're passionate about it, that is what, um, that's what creates the energy and the momentum behind it, which brings me into the second thing that you said, which I really love, which is that you really went all in on that six-month program where you then designed Play Like a Girl. And I think in business... And this is why I think when people have real like mission behind their business and a real passion behind their business and their business isn't just, oh, how can I make money so I can have this particular lifestyle when it means more than that, when it's sort of bigger than us, this idea of going all in. It is just it's the way to get results you can't tentatively be in business you can't half assed be in business you can't today I don't really feel like it or I'm going to buy this program and I'm going to sit on the sidelines I'm going to turn up to the coaching calls but I'm not really gonna like really dig deep or self-reflect after the call like you have to be all in you can't run onto the pitch and just kind of like give a kind of sloppy game and expect to have the gold at the end of it but you really do you have to go all in
0: completely completely agree and as I reflect on that six months in that program had I not I wouldn't have the product that we have it's a quality and it's got I mean, it took absolutely everything in me to do it and I had to find myself putting things in place that made sure I had to take the next step Mm. because there were times where to go and do filming days or or write, it was just, it was hard. It felt very vulnerable. I'm sharing stories to start with and it just, I'd never built a product of this and, you know, we're filming a lot of of stuff and it just, yeah, it really took everything and had I not put myself under pressure to be able to be ready by a film day that was on a really short notice i would never have done it it wouldn't exist
1: it's one of the best strategies i have is to give myself very short time frames and to not think about saying yes so i'll book in film days and not have a clue what i need (laughs) to film for the amplify container which is my uh, membership site which has a whole heap of pre-recorded content in there and I'll book in my videographer and, you know, that shit's not cheap, right? So I book not. it in and then I just have to. Like there's no option really. Absolutely. And the other part that
0: that reminds me of is getting on stage and speaking has never been something that I saw myself doing or I have lo- – there's times where I've gone on stage and been mute yeah. and been so embarrassed, <laughs> like what it's taken to be able to stand up there and, and deliver. Now I find more joy in it and I mm. – I, it, ha- it holds a purpose if I don't if I don't have the ability to do that play like your doesn't exist because mm. no one knows about us and so because the goal for us is about gender equality and to lead and liberate girls and women I have to be able to do those things that scare me or it yeah. doesn't come to life so that as the driver just means that oh gosh I'll put myself in as many uncomfortable situations because it means
1: that that yeah because happens. it's bigger than us yeah, yeah way way bigger yeah absolutely yeah. whereas if you're going up on stage for your own accolade or for your own validation or for your own money-making business and of course we, we want all business to make money but sure. you know if that's your primary focus yeah absolutely because you have an existential crisis waiting in the wings before you go on right yep. like that's petrifying whereas if it's the mission that powers you which is why your why is always so important, right? It's just, it's always got to be bigger than you. Definitely. So b- talking of business, how do you monetize Play Like a Girl? Because uh, this is something I learned really early on in business, which is always market to your client and your, uh, the paying client, because your paying client might not be the client that you deliver to. So very I'm relevant. assuming <laughs> that there aren't many 15, 16 year old girls playing sport who have got disposable cash to join play like a girl. So how did you go about monetizing? Absolutely. That is very
0: relevant for this conversation. So yeah, most of the girls, if not all of them have come in on paid scholarships. So the model that, I, cause I've, played sport my whole life and I know that female sporting programs are often very under-resourced so the clubs are probably not going to have that much money to invest in a program like this and and you're right the girls probably aren't going to have that much or may not know what's involved and want to invest so my plan was always to be a b2b model so we we speak to organizations or councils who want to invest in the future of girls and women, and we ask them to provide the investment for scholarships. So an example of that would be a company comes along and says, we absolutely believe in this. We definitely want to see more girls and women inside our organisation and we'd love to help you bring more girls through a program like this will provide 50 scholarships to girls for the next program or over the next year and then we we can go out to schools or sporting associations and offer those scholarships to girls that would like to do something like this. So that's been the model because commercially that I need, I'm commercially minded, I, I want to grow this into something that is really impactful and that needs money. Mm. So commercially I had to be smart about how we do that and I think because the mission's so strong we – have had opportunities where we've had partner or where we have partners and they want to provide scholarships because they see what we're trying to do here Mm. uh if I was not doing it that way I don't think that it would be a viable business
1: yeah you said something really powerful there which is you want to make impact so you've got to make money and I think a lot of mission-based businesses miss that miss that step out because um and you know part of being in business it's a strong part of being in business is you've got to deal with your own money shit And I see a lot of business owners with really purpose-led, ethical business owners who really want to do good things for the world, but they're, again, the story that they're telling themselves is, well, if my business is to do good and I have an internal program that tells me that money is bad, then I can't really make money from my business. But if you want to make an impact in the world in which we currently live under the conditions and the system that we currently live in you've got to have money you've got to work out how to make your business profitable wildly profitable if you want to make an impact with it absolutely i couldn't yeah. be doing it if we, if we didn't have money coming in we want people
0: put more people to know about us more girls to come in that means that we need to spend more money on marketing or we need to have staff to help us facilitate programs we want to develop the product there's so much stuff that we need to be able to do and naturally and we want to make money and grow like that yeah. that has to be part of it yeah absolutely. and I don't think I had that I didn't have that mindset before and and now what is helping me with that because of course I am encouraged to think bigger than I'm probably used to have thought and having spending time I've got some amazing mentors and advisory board that are saying you need to think a little bit bigger. You need to – and I'll start taking them to meetings with me so I can see how they think and the kind of conversations they have which are well beyond what I thought I would be asking or well beyond what I thought I could charge, mm-hmm. what was possible for us. But now that I've got evidence that we can do that, it, it just opens me up to go, actually, it's okay to ask for ask for what you want, ask for what you need. You, you're you doing something really purposeful that's good for all of us here um, and it's okay to ask for, for investment to do that.
1: Yeah really powerful also <clears throat> the scholarship structure i suppose means that you get to reach girls from all walks of life that there's not discriminatory well, i don't know if that's where no. there's no discrimination on you know socio-economic background or anything like that no and we'll make sure well, the girls will, will apply for why they would
0: want to do it and we we it's really hard to choose sometimes because mm. there's a lot of girls that have come from diff- disadvantaged backgrounds and would never have an pro- opportunity like that or have different, um, yeah, all abilities for sure. So mm. we, we make sure it's diverse in terms of background, experience, level of sport because it's really eye-opening, I think, for everyone to see why people come into the program like this. Mm. And, yeah, to be able to give opportunities away like that is really special.
1: Yeah. What's been your biggest business challenge to date? my biggest business challenge to date
0: it would definitely be the development of the product mm. that was the ha- that was really hard it's like a daily thing how 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 can i pick one <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole fucking thing emily that's Everything. the answer <laughs> um what was it that said, what what made the development of the product so hard <clears throat> it just asked
0: a lot of me I felt it asked a lot of me personally because mm. I'm not comfortable I just like if I was writing lessons and writing things I would write them 10 times over and try and perfect it and try and get it all right and and that I could have done that forever if I'd have not booked in film days um, I, and tried to mm. film it myself at home on zoom and done it that way it wouldn't exist yeah. it just wouldn't happen I just the biggest thing is me constantly mo- I need to just constantly move myself out of the way of what we're trying to do, I think that's the hardest thing. Just being conscious enough to go, actually, this is not a problem. You are the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna print that one on a t-shirt for you. <laughs> this is not the problem. I am the problem. <laughs> yeah, the constant, get constant out constant of everyone. the way. Just stop it. Yeah. yeah. And what's been your biggest like leadership lesson as you lead? Play like a girl forward.
0: It's probably very similar. Uh, my philosophy around leadership is lead with love and that really drives me and I've often found that early I, I thought that that sounded soft or that might sound not it, – it wouldn't fit in, these, in, a, in a masculine world or it wouldn't fit in a sport context. But for me it's the most powerful thing because leading with love means that I can have a difficult conversation with someone if it's for, for a good – you know, if it needs to be had or, you know, give feedback because that's the thing that needs to happen or genuinely champion someone and just absolutely get around them, which I love to do. So for me, that's really powerful and just a constant reminder to to do that. Mm. Uh, But again, it's just get out of the way because it's nothing about what I'm doing is about me and I have to constantly remind myself of that if I'm going to speak or if I'm playing a game or anything like that, my my <laughs> reminder is it's not about you. Like, mm-hmm. just stop it. Mm-hmm. Your job is to go out there and get this done,
1: and that's it. Yeah. Oh, I needed to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> 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 um, who else would you like to have um profiled on the podcast? Who's who should I speak to next, Holly? You should speak to
0: Casey Benjamin at the Courage Project mm-hmm. for sure. <coughs> And you should speak to a few other guests that I'll think of and come back
1: to okay, you. Okay, <laughs> great. Send me the list. In the meantime, I'll get hold of Casey Benjamin. Awesome. And how can we get around Play Like a Girl? How can people find more information? How can we follow you on socials? Yep, for sure. So we've got two more programs this year, one for
0: starts tonight so mm-hmm. we'll start today uh but you can find all the information at www.playlikeagirlaustralia.com and that's the same for our instagram facebook linkedin tiktok play like a
1: girl australia beautiful holly you've been an absolute legend thank you so very much for having this conversation with me i can't tell you how many gold nuggets i'm going to be taking home so thank you my pleasure thanks for having me <laughs> awesome is Holly. I had such a lovely time having that conversation with her. She's such a champion. And if you want to know more about the initiative, Play Like a Girl, then go ahead, check out the show notes. All of the links that you need are there. Holly is the most open and approachable and amazing woman. So go ahead and connect with her. Now, if you're a member of behind the scenes, then I have got something really exciting for you. Holly and I recorded a mini cast about trans people in sports. And also we talked about gender fluidity, because obviously play like a girl is a very binary term, so we really delved deep and we had a really brave conversation about what it means to include trans people in sports, Um, there's obviously quite a lot of controversy around that particular topic at the moment, so Holly and I went deep on that, and we also talked about welcoming gender fluidity into the sports space really awesome conversation. So if you are a member of Behind the Scenes, then you get access to that. If you want to know more about what Behind the Scenes is, how you can get involved and what it entails, then head to the link in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening.